It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Love it, love it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, that's pretty much how this whole thing started on Twitter, is I just kept posting these videos of your face with Gary Bettman, and I just think you enjoyed it. Uh, you yeah, and um, yeah. of Cabo, Nick, over here at with uh, Justician, he's a, he's a friend, uh, he messaged me, he goes, yo, did you make these? I'm like, yeah, it was me. And I think you, I started sending them to you, and you started using them on your own, so like, I'm just glad I could be a part of the fucking fucking part of the program bud yeah they definitely caught my eye i mean usually in my mentions it's uh it's a cesspool to say the least um but those caught my eye gave me a good laugh so yeah of course uh you the one you texted me recently i i told you i i, I can't always tweet it now i'm being told like i can't be too political am i gonna tweet it anyway absolutely so i can't wait to tweet that one you made on uh friday this friday that's gonna be i can't wait either man that's a good one i actually so i actually had to message uh, pinata farms to get them to upload that video because they didn't have it available and they were they were giving me a hard time about it (laughs) i appreciate the hard work that'll be a good one i I just want to get with the program and just support the brand so it was not Tyler Ennis, but we'll get we'll get after it. We'll yeah, Satan will do. Yeah, uh-huh. first actually, first pro stock hockey stick I ever had was uh, Mirzlov Satan stick. It was a warrior. Um, so shout out to our boy uh, Mirzlov Satan. Yeah, I uh, you know was a fan favorite back when I was like twelve. Last time the Sabers, second last time the Sabers were good. Uh, now they're just a fucking dumpster fire now, and that's why we're here to talk to you. Uh, you reached out to Sabres fans last night. Before we get into that, this is my, one of my uh, fill-in co-hosts, but he's a, a family of the program, uh, family member of the program, not a friend, but family member. Uh, Ryan Drury, play-by-play man for the Guelph Storm. Uh, oh yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Connor couldn't be on today. He, he he's on West Coast time, and six o'clock is too early for him. But um, thanks again, man, for hopping on. I'm, I'm happy to have you. Uh, you reached out to Sabres fans last night, bud. And, uh, what's wrong with this fucking hockey team? Yeah, look, man, I don't, so I don't watch the Sabres a whole lot anymore. I mean, listen, I'm not a Sabres fan, but I was excited to see them coming into the season. I was like, dude, this could be like same boat as Ottawa. They have a bunch of young prospects. I mean, the whole, I tweeted it last night. The whole fucking team is first round picks, plenty of skill, um, 
plenty of potential to be exciting. Like I know obviously guys like Cage, they're breaking out of their shell and they're exciting to watch. But yeah, dude, listen, I'm just a fucking asshole on the couch, but I think they need to find a uh, a mix between the skill and the grit. And I obviously that's cliche, but I think they need to bring in guys like Daniel Sprong, who they're getting in fights in the off season, they're punching NASCAR drivers in the face, and then they're going out and they're scoring goals. Um, I think that they need a fire under their ass and like I respect Opozo, I really do, but like I think they need a more criminal element to the team. Like obviously like I said, the skills there, I think in the defensive zone, like, again, I played a very, very bad level of junior hockey. I have little to zero credential, but just as a fan, they're, they're playing too easy. I mean, it's too easy for the other team to, to get opportunities. So, um, yeah, last night I really felt for the fans, man. I see it. I see it on the internet. I'm just like, dude, 15 years without a playoff. I mean, like Miami's almost underwater. I mean, by the time fucking this team gets good, we might not even have have a ice to, to skate on. It's going to be so hot. Um, but, yeah, dude, it sucks. It sucks for you guys. I feel for you guys. Um, but, yeah, it just – it's weird to see. It's like a, how long do you give this team? How long is the leash? So you're saying you want a guy like Patrick Kane back in his heyday punching cab drivers and then going to the rink to fucking play hockey? Yeah, like, I don't want to see guys get hurt. I'm not an advocate of violence, but sometimes you need those guys. Like, you need somebody like a Truba who's down to elbow somebody directly in the head and get the crowd into it. Um, I don't want to see guys get hurt. But if you look at the teams that are winning, right, they they have those guys. Those Look at Tampa Bay. I mean, like, their defensemen are huge. They're mean. Look at Vegas. They have mean guys on that team, tough to play against. Um, obviously it's a copycat league, but I, I don't see that at a Buffalo, right? Like, I feel like this team needs to, I'm not saying go out to the bars and assault somebody, but play like you did that, you know? Jury, your thoughts, bud. I have a hard time disagreeing with that because I think like, e- even in the junior league that I cover, the most successful teams, like they have a little bit of a different element in terms of, yes, everybody has skilled players. There's a lot of good players in the league. And, you know, the teams that are consistently really good are able to also kind of bring that physical element and play the game a couple different ways. The teams that are really one-dimensional are the teams that get in trouble. Look at what's plagued the Maple Leafs for the entirety of the Matthews and Marner era. Every single spring, the fans there are saying there's not enough toughness, there's not enough pushback, and they've tried to add that, but I think that Buffalo is kind of missing a guy and probably a guy or two that consistently drags the other guys into the fight. And much like Heat Daddy said, I I don't think that that means going out and legitimately fighting and beating people up every night, but somebody that can turn the energy on a flat night against the Arizona Coyotes on a Tuesday or something, or the Columbus Blue Jackets on a Tuesday, just somebody that can go out there and wake everybody up with a big hit a, a big play, somebody that can be a pest and drag the other team into penalty trouble so you can get that power play with all the skill cooking a little bit. I don't really see where that's coming from. Do they have some guys that play with a physical edge? Sure. Do they have guys that like to engage in, in hits and get physical? Yeah, they do. I just don't know that right now on the roster that they have a spark plug that can really get that room 
playing hard and playing for each other because right now they look like a team that isn't playing for each other. And I think that ultimately, like when you, as Heat Daddy said, with all the talent that's assembled here, I think that's probably the biggest indictment you could make against a, an NHL team is that they look like a team that isn't playing for each other. And I think that's their biggest problem. Heater, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And like when I said, like, look, when when I say toughness too to what you what you just said, I don't mean go out and like be a goon, but essentially like yeah. play with heart, right? And like like I said, I'm just an asshole on the couch. So I'm not trying to take personal shots at like the individual players. Um, but I, I'm just like, look at the way, uh, just quick example. I thought that last year in the playoffs, like the way Tyler Bertuzzi played for the Bruins, the guy's running around, he's wild on the four check. Like if yep. someone takes the puck, he's getting it back. Like that fuck you mentality. Um, that's what you need. And even if you don't have like a guy that's going to be a game breaker, like, and I'm not saying they don't have that. I'm just saying it's essential to have guys in your lineup, like, uh, like even just off the top of my head, like you know how Gallagher will have those games from Montreal where you're just like, dude, this guy is running around with his head cut off, but he'll yeah. also be in front of the net and tip the puck in and, and score a goal. And if he gets touched, he's gonna, you know, stick up for himself. Um, I think they definitely need that. And I don't, I don't know what it's like in their locker room. I, I don't know what the leadership dynamic is like, but I mean you got to play like you want it. Right. And, and obviously everybody wants to win. Everybody wants success. But um, I think right now it's already crunch time for them. I mean, fuck dude, they're, they're what seven, eight points out. They have a tough three games coming up. I think they're playing the Bruins, Toronto, and I want to say the Rangers, not in yeah, that order. They like, beat dude, all three of those teams this year too. Yeah. that they I beat mean, all that's, three. that's actually good though. I mean, that's a testament that, you know, they're playing up to the uh, compete level, but you just can't play down when you're playing teams you should be. I mean, Columbus is 28th in the league. Like Babcock just went through all of their phones. They're probably still a little bit rattled from that. Um, that's a team that you got to circle on the calendar and just be like, Hey, like this has to be a win, right? This has to be a win. It's where it all star breaks a month away, you know? So um, yeah, I, I think there has to be some sort of urgency. And for me, like, obviously I've never been paid to play the game, but I don't see how if you're on that roster, you don't feel the pressure from the fans and want to go out and perform. I mean, shit. I, like, I, does anyone want to win as bad as Buffalo fans right now? Like, Yo, uh, it's not even it's not even just the hockey side of things. You know, the Bills season hasn't gone exactly according to plan. Like, you got you know you see the news about Sean McDermott a couple weeks ago, right? But the the, oh, the pre God, yeah. so a few years ago. A few, uh, so Tyler Dunn, uh, a local, uh, be uh, like independent football writer here in Buffalo, um, wrote a piece about Sean McDermott, and he had it was like people said it was a hit piece. I mean, I don't know if it was a hit piece. There's definitely a vendetta there because I don't, I don't think uh, Tyler's allowed in the press room anymore because of Sean. But there was a story told, and Sean copped to it about how a few, like four years ago, during a pep talk, he used 9/11 and terrorists as uh like a correlation about how teamwork how teamwork can work that's a real I saw thing. something about that i remember yeah. I, I didn't look into it but i saw it yeah i saw i saw a tweet last night i saw a tweet last night they left my ass off it's like a tag tyler dunn and he's like yo can you write can you write an article on on don granado because ever since that piece came out 
like the bills have been electric again, but like to that point, like that locker room, it's just, we were sold on vibes and positivity and culture and blah, 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 blah. We just keep hearing the same bullshit after every game, the same cliche coach speak player speak after a loss. Like yeah. I, I'm sick and tired of hearing about youth, 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 like the core of this team. If you add all four or five of their total games played up between Tuck, Tage, um, Darlene, and um, uh, I forget who else. But it's like over fifteen hundred games played. Like there's yeah. a difference between youth. There's a difference between youth and experience. You have the experience to know how to show up to the rink and fucking play the way you're talking about. Go out there and play with urgency, play with desperation. They just don't. And last night was a perfect example of that. They scored 30 seconds of the game. They're wearing these jerseys. The, 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 the crowd, even though it's like 75% full there on a, on a, um, a, a Tuesday night, is just, you know, it's electric. And then you go up to give, you, you go on to give up seven unanswered goals. Seven unanswered yeah. goals. Like, I, like, yeah, I don't know. To what Ryan said too, I, I was going to say this, but – like just speaking from my experience with uh the golden knights like that's a group that all they mostly like everyone likes each other and they all play for each other like ryan's point like you if i'm the gm or whoever the fuck i don't know who you have to talk to like just the captain every do you have to go through every single player like find out like do these guys not like each other like what is going like it can always be a dynamic in the locker room because playing for the guy next to you is so important like it's so, if i'm if i'm out there and i didn't like a guy I, and i have you know a few guys that i play with i didn't like if he dumps the puck in the corner like i'm just gonna change like fuck that <laughs> you know like i don't know what's going on with that team like i think there needs to be like some sort of um management situation where they're intervening and find out like is there a massive chemistry issue here i don't know I, you know i'm not i'm not a doctor i don't know you both have you both seen moneyball Oh, one of yeah, my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I want I want Kevin Adams. I know you won't it's do it. Fake. Walk down in that locker room with a fucking baseball bat while what's his face is fucking stripping in front of the entire team while they're like in the midst of like a franchise like basement dwelling season and just start destroying stuff. And yeah, say, you full hear that there. sound? That's what losing sounds like. Because I just think that just from judging from the way the players respond after these games, it's just like they're one nine and three after a win, Robbie. One nine yeah. and three. They have one two-game winning streak this entire season. This team was a top three scoring team in the National Hockey League last year. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. They have no power play. Like, every player has regressed, with the exception of maybe Darlene and JJ Paterka, who's been fun to watch. And then your best player every single night, their most consistent, is an eighteen-year-old kid. Like, yeah. literally, was in high school last year. Yeah, I mean, like, how many times do you guys go to Miami over the summer? Like, listen, I, I'm all I'm a fan of, uh, you know, taking personal time and stuff. And I'm not trying to question their work ethic. I'm just kidding right there. But, um, yeah, dude, it, it's weird. Like you said, the, the the offense last year was so potent. It's like, it, I don't – obviously, that's still there. I don't think you forget how to do that. I think just defensively as a group and, and playing for each other and everyone's, you know, playing the, the way they should play in their own zone especially, like, I don't know, dude. I, like, I don't know. I guess this is why I'm not a coach, but um, it's frustrating to watch. And I'm not even like a fan. Like, I'm not a Sabres fan. Um, and it's still frustrating for me too to watch that. Yeah, dude. I uh, I don't know what to think. Like, like I I sent you that phone call from three years ago. I don't know if you <laughs> yeah. listened to, but like, yeah, I lost I my mind. 
Like, it, it, like, I don't like to put that whole thing on a pedestal, like, you know, pump my own tires. But, like, I do genuinely feel like when I lost my shit on the radio, like, I, like, I was speaking for the fan base. And this is the lowest I have felt since that happened three years ago as a fan. Yeah. Like, I love hockey, dude. I watch hockey. Like, I just I watch the entire league. The, the Coyotes have been an absolute wagon this year. I fucking love it. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, this is my team. Like, they're the whole reason. Like I started playing hockey. They're the whole reason, like I grew up loving this game. Like my, you know, like and now just to see what it's become, dude. I've been posting these videos this week of just old clips because we played Toronto tomorrow night of the 99 finals, the Eastern, Con- no, 99 Eastern Conference finals against the Leafs and how much of a wagon that team was, you know, Rob Ray, uh, Matthew Barnaby, no, Barnaby wasn't on that team, but like Dixon Ward, Geoff Sanderson, Miro Shatan, Hashik and that dude, just like that arena was bananas every single night and dude now like literally now like i was sitting in a seat the other night i'm not kidding you that i had a two by four for an armrest they they just slapped a two by four on there and said here you go this is your armrest we're not gonna replace the seat fuck you guys like the, the, the arena is an absolute shambles and this isn't a shot at mullet arena it's like that arena is a better fan experience than an arena that fits ni- almost 19,000 people in it. Like I, I told this story last night. I, there's, I, there, I have an old season ticket, uh, a seat where I had season tickets from years ago with my cousin where we spilled, like, it's kind of funny and not funny at the time, but we spilled nacho cheese all over this guy in front of us. Just double cheese, banger all over his back. Luckily, he was wearing a leather jacket, wiped off with, but all that cheese ended up on the back of the seat too. I am not kidding you. It's been a decade that cheese is still caked onto the back of that seat bro that's how like it's it's disgusting it's fucking gross and here we are getting ready to go 13 years into a fucking playoff drought and owner like we're on our sixth head coach since this owner uh, took over the team I, i just don't even know where do you go from here do you fire another head coach we move on to number seven like we we as much as I dislike the way Jack like I was on Jack Eichel's side for the injury the the, the neck thing I was hundred percent on his side I just didn't like the way I didn't like that he did that interview with Elliot Friedman after the trade and you know cops who were requesting a trade a year before the injury even happened yada 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 but like imagine being a franchise player and you're on your fucking fifth head coach your fourth head coach like <laughs> like what. Come on. Yeah. Like, I don't even know anymore, man. Like, I just want to win. A, I just want to have fun at a hockey game. Like, I want to feel what a playoff game feels like. I've, but the last time this team was good, it was my senior – I was a senior in high school, 36 years old. Like, they were good when they were actually good. So, senior in fucking yeah. high school. It's crazy that that's happening to Buffalo, too. Like, you have teams like L.A. Like, why the hell are the people of L.A. spoiled? Like, those idiots that – they're out to lunch. Like, they don't even know what planet they're on. Like, those people, they walk outside and, and you know, they forget to put their shoes on. And, and they have an organization that's, like, doing pretty well. Um, So, yeah, to, to see this happening to, to Buffalo, like, it sucks. And I can't believe they're not cleaning up the chairs in the arena. I mean, Jesus Christ. Bro, like, let's start with disgusting. that. Like, let's. Like, let's hire a cleaning team. Like, I guess, yeah. dude, I guess you got to start from the ground up. Like, literally, like, I'll go there and I'll clean some shit. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> just, you got to start there. Look good, feel good, play good. Everyone knows that. Um, that That's really funny that that, that cheese was still on that seat. But 
Yo, they're billionaires. They're billionaires. During COVID, nobody could go to a fucking hockey game. The arena was empty and desolate. There was ever a time to replace some seats. It was then. They just didn't do it. They didn't care. They own the Bills, right? They own the Bills and they own the Sabres. Dude, they were oil tycoons before they bought both these teams. Maybe it's just too much. Like Maybe sell the Bills and bring in someone else. Like Maybe they can't multitask that much. Like How do you own two teams? Just aren't you busy? Like what? Like, how do you even, I don't know. I, it's too much. Yeah. Jerry, your thoughts, bud, before we all move on. I just feel, I, I understand your, your pain here because again, like we've talked about this a thousand times. Like I love the Buffalo market because like, despite not being a Sabres fan, at least certainly not at the casual level I was when obviously Chris was there and RJ was still on the mic. Cause he's my idol. Um, it's a great market, man. Like there's such a good market. You look at the TV revenues there over the last decade when they haven't been in the playoffs and the Buffalo market is one of the highest rating pullers in the league. They're watching other teams do what they wish they could do. It's like, it's sad that this is where they are. And, and then you couple it this year and what was such a high anticipation year based on what they did last year with what the bills have been up to. It's getting a little better because they skunked the Cowboys, but like you couple that with it. And it's just like, God, how much more misery do these people deserve? Like I grew up in a similar area. Like I'm only a couple, I grew up a couple hours North of Buffalo, uh, South of Toronto in a dumpy, desolate winter environment. Like I identify with Buffalo. Like I, I get what it's all about. And I've enjoyed many events down there and like this blows like and and pugula has a lot to answer for here like the unfortunate thing it's the old adage you can't fire owners um and it's not like he hasn't spent some cash like he he has it's just that i feel like my only conclusion now at this point is that he must have his fingers way too deep into the process here. Like he must be meddling a lot with the day-to-day operations of the team because like heater, you bring up a team like LA, the ownership down there. The reason why they've been a marquee franchise for so long, at least on the ice is because the ownership down there doesn't they don't bother the hockey operations department at all. Rob Mm. Blake is down there doing whatever he wants. Lombardi before him, Dean Lombardi was the guy that set it all up. Because remember, the Kings were a worse trash can than the Sabres currently are, if you can believe it, in the mid-2000s when Drew Doughty fell into their lap, among others. And they let Dean Lombardi do what he wanted. He increased the size of the scouting staff. And that was an embarrassing development, too. Keep in mind, like, Buffalo, in a salary cap league, scouting has become more important than it ever has been because you need to constantly be recycling guys out of your roster that you can't afford anymore. Those guys that used to cost a million, now they want four with young guys coming in. And the Sabres last year slashed their scouting staff. Like that's mind boggling to me that a team in that kind of market with that kind of fan base, with that kind of ownership, with all that oil money, is slashing their scouting staff. And what they did in particular was they gassed a bunch of the staff in Europe. That's a nightmare. Are, are, really? You're kidding me, dude. So, like, I feel like Terry, in particular, is 
way too meddlesome with the day-to-day operations. And I think that at the start of next year, no matter what happens with Donnie Meatballs, Kevin Adams, whatever they decide to do, Kevin Adams day one of training camp next year, or pardon me, Pagula needs to get on a private jet and disappear somewhere and not be seen in Buffalo for the entire year. And just let this hockey club get itself back on track because the way things are going, it, it seems all too obvious to me that he is messing with things. And I mean, just look at the look at the way the team's operated the last number of years. It's like, great, we finally got a great young collection of talent. Thompson and Darlene, Paterka, Levi, all these guys. Like it, they have in, in a positive spin a real good foundation here. Like they really, really do. What's gonna screw it up for them long term is if they keep on changing things all the time, signing overpaid veterans. I love Kyle Ocposo too. I feel like the wheels are falling off. Like that guy probably shouldn't be getting quite like as much ice time as he is. And if they keep on committing to things like that around the core of this team, it will unfortunately go nowhere. And you said it too, Dwayne, the instability of 8 billion coaches for these guys over the last couple of years is you're not going to get a consistent message. You're like, say what you will about torts and your opinion of him. Look what he's doing with the Flyers right now. Yeah, just dude. like he did. I, love I fucking love Torts. I like him too. Just like he did in New York. When New York, keep in mind, when he took over the Rangers at that time, like they were reeling. They were in danger of missing the playoffs. They did the year prior. And then he went there and had a really good run. Vancouver was a bit of a blip on his radar. But now here he is in Philly, just like back in the Tampa days. And he's got them playing a really consistent. Philadelphia doesn't have near the, the talent in terms of pure skill and creating no. offense that Buffalo does. But they're playing like a better team. And my God, do they ever play good defense? So I don't know, man. I, I just really feel like Terry needs to disappear and not pick up the phone and call Sabres employees for at least 12 months. I agree. And also, I had no idea that they, they slashed their scouting department like that. Oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah, insane. man. I did not yeah. know that. That's fucking oh, yeah, it was. Why would you do that? And like, here, like here's... No, go on. Go on, here. And you said that he slashed the European division? That was what took the brunt of it. They got, I think they got rid of upwards of 15 scouts. It was double digits. Yeah. That's, but it's the worst time ever to, to not be aware. That's what I mean. Like overseas. I mean, look at world juniors right now, dude. If you look at like Finland and Sweden, like there, there is a huge pool of talent better than ever overseas. Like that's wild. I didn't know that. That's fucking crazy. Think about, too, on my last point about that, like people look back on the Red Wings and that 25 years of straight playoffs and all these guys they drafted. The reason that they were able to sustain that, because that was really a a part of two eras of the Red Wings. You had the, the mid to late 90s, where it was still all about Iserman and Fedorov and Konstantinov and all those guys. And then it bled into... Datsuk and Zetterberg, Lidstrom taking a bigger step, and all of those guys, Holmstrom. The reason, and no surprise, I'm saying a bunch of European names, it's because they have one of the greatest European scouts who led their scouting division of all time in Hacken Erickson, uh, Anderson, pardon me. 
he went over there and found all those guys on like nothing trips where he actually went over to scout somebody else. He, he found Zetterberg playing in like tier two junior in Sweden. No one had that guy on their radar. <laughs> Sixth round pick. If memory serves, Datsuk's an even crazier story. You can look this up online. It's a very famous story. He went over to Russia to watch some kid that never ended up playing an NHL game. And Detroit was there. Calgary was there. St. Louis and LA. They ended up getting their flight canceled in the middle of Russia. Like we're talking gulag Russia. Their flight gets canceled because of a storm. And there was a, a local Russian Super League back when that's what it was called. Game going on that night. And Anderson went and the other scouts didn't. They left in the morning on flights. And he went to the game and saw a kid named Pavel Datsuk playing and thought, that kid can handle the puck. Like, this is incredible. Like, I can't believe I came here to scout whatever his name was. Like, we got to keep an eye on this kid. And he's the one at the draft table that leaned in in the seventh friggin' round yeah. and was like, let's take a flyer on this, you know, kind of goose-heeled, goofy-looking little Russian guy. He, he was not built well. He didn't have an athletic body at the time. And they were like, okay, yeah, I guess. And then he came to camp and he made the team and turned into Pavel Datsuk. Like that's, that's kind of the, Incredible. that's the power of a European, of just a good scout. Cause that could have happened in nowhere, Michigan too. Yeah, but right. you got to have good people finding talent for your team and to slash your scouting staff. What an embarrassment. I actually think in my opinion that that, and Dwayne, I'm sure you have a different opinion because there's been a lot of missteps along the way. That might be one of the most embarrassing things I've seen this organization do over the last 15 plus years of pain. I'm Actually, serious. It's point, such a joke. It's up there, but it ain't the most embarrassing. I promise you. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta let the hockey guys be hockey guys too. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I completely agree with that. I, like wholeheartedly. Did you ever hear the story? Speaking of rush, you ever hear the story the, uh, the, uh, Mogioni defection story theater? It's on, um, it's incredible. Yeah, I knew I knew that happened, oh, but I don't know the details of like you know. There's a happened, free like, documentary on YouTube. Like, oh, look incredible. it up. There's a full documentary. <laughs> it's like 40 minutes long. It it'll blow Don, your mind. Don Luke, Don Luce. Yeah, Don. Yeah, Luce, he should be in the Hall of Fame, dude. Don Luce, <laughs> he really should. It's oh yeah, insane, and he's not. It, yeah, it's a joke. Johnny Luce snuck over there and was able to was literally getting chased around by the KGB. It's, that's a true story because they, he 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 they, they chased him down him. the highway. They drafted him. Oh, the, the, the throughway story is incredible. He was on the 33. It's rumored that he was he was at a bar here in Buffalo, and he tried to get home. He, he didn't speak a lick of English, and he walked home in the middle of winter. He was like on the 33 or something, and the cops picked him up. and like, who are you? And the only words he could say in English was Don Luce, Don Luce. And they took him to Don Luce's house. Holy It's incredible, shit. dude. Dude, this guy just gassed up just after a night of boozing and just – Get lost on the throughway in the middle of a snowstorm. That's wow. the story. But <laughs> Peter, I know we only have you for a couple more minutes, bud. But listen, guys, if you don't know who he is already, actually, speaking of which, do people still think you're Danny Healy? No, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, there'll be like one troll on the internet that'll like, you know, say something like that every now and then. But no, and I, I think. I think my face has been out there for like a couple of years. Yeah. And I was like, no, I, I don't get any of that. That, that got good. put to bed. Um, I think it was like 2015 
where his agent was basically she got a hold of me i was a i was at arizona state i was a student and she like basically sniffed around like basically who the fuck are you because you're selling these t-shirts um i'm just like uh, i'm a student at arizona state and she was like oh okay like um just remove his face from like your merch which is understandable i should have known that yeah. in the beginning i just you know i just fucking trying to not work a summer job um and then i took his face off my profile and uh since then yeah it's really it died down but nobody really ever thought that unless i mean you really live under a fucking rock or you're just a conspiracy yeah. theorist <laughs> Dude, i uh I, I listen. It's been a minute since I've listened to a pod. I've just been so busy with work, man. I drive all what over jeans? the state. Yeah, but uh, I listened to the last one, and like the first fifteen minutes is just about farting, <laughs> dying, absolutely dying. What? It was like from the Vasilevsky interview fart. They were find out oh, who farted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were yeah, find yeah. out who it was. Yeah, it was Austin Watson. Of course, it was. Um, yeah, I know. I said, I thought, I was like, I think this is it. I think uh, this is the guy. And I switched to uh, who the fuck did I say it was? I don't remember. Nick but Paul. I, I, yeah, yeah. Nick it was Paul. Nick Paul. They, you're like, oh, he's like a six foot four guy. Sounds like he can force out a lot of wind. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. <laughs> but I, uh, <laughs> so I drive around a ton for work, just all over the place. And like, like today, for instance, you know, a couple clicks for my dog, by the way, as long as I've ever left him home by himself. Didn't take a dump in the house. Pretty proud of him right now. All oh, right. I was convinced too when I got home there was gonna be a big pile of shit in the middle of my living room, and there wasn't, so I was pretty excited. Uh, <laughs> what a beauty. Yeah, but I uh, when you drive around that much, probably shouldn't tell this story, but sometimes you gotta use a public restroom, dude. It's getting dangerous out there. I'm working, and you like you're in these fucking hillbilly little towns and shit like that, and you don't know what type of bathroom you're walking into, and some like so <laughs> this is gross, but. I uh I have to use the facilities earlier this week, and it happened to be a very powerful toilet, and it was like one of those big aqua dumps that you just like, you just, you're afraid you're gonna clog the toilet. So before I finish, I flush first, and then oh no, finish. Uh oh. And <laughs> dude, this thing was so powerful it soaked both cheeks. Like I don't know how <laughs> anybody takes a shit on this toilet because dude, I got up. Did and you I catch was air? You're dripping, dude. I had got up like this, <laughs> literally just shot up like, like, oh, whoa, what the fuck? And your the, head you know, hit the ceiling. And, and, and the door of the bathroom is like this far from my fucking face, the type of bathroom I'm working with. And I slam my head, my forehead on the on the door. It sounds like oh I'm falling God. over and shit. I'm like, holy shit, dude. The water, it was like a like a, a bidet times ten. Just holy shit. Where's that toilet at? Just for a friend, not me. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta get it. That's my story. Down I, mean, I, I heard. I was listening. I was listening on the way home today, and I'm like, I guess I have a story that can kind of cross over into farting. Yeah, Hurricane Dwayne. Control. It, yeah, I mean, like sometimes, especially during those shows, like you, you never know. And a lot of times, it's like the audience dictates what do you, you know, what I talk about. So yeah, it gets off the rails pretty quick. I mean, I'm pretty unemployable as it is, so I'm I'm not afraid to toe the line. No, dude, that's why I love it, man. I just. I, I love your pod, uh, Heat Daddy. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. Um, he at Heat Daddy. What is it? Um, sixty nine four twenty. Sixty nine four twenty. Host of the Heat Daddy Show on uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and the Wet Jeans Podcast. Also, good yes, really good Wet Jeans podcast. Institution. Yes, sir. And yeah, yeah but, dude, I'm sorry I have to bounce a little bit early. Dude, but, don't uh, even worry about it, bro. I'm so happy you're gonna just get on here with us. Hope we can get you on again sometime soon. And, uh, you know, go Coyotes, right? 
Yeah, dude. I hope they make the playoffs. I, I really do. It'll be funny to see, um, you know, a playoff going on in the mullet. Like you said, it's a good fan experience. But um, yeah, dude, shoot me a text. I'm good to come on literally whenever. Um, I, I'm I'm weirdly a little bit more busy than normal. I, I'm doing like four shows a week now. But hey, oh, yeah, dude. On, um, I'm more than happy to come on. And I appreciate you. Well, that's, that's like your main source of income, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, do dude, anything so don't apologize, bro. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, as of like a year ago, that um, yeah, this is this is pretty much it. So, um, yeah. no, thanks again. Uh, this was a blast, and uh, like I said, just shoot me a text. More than happy to come on and uh, shoot the shit with you fellas. Absolutely, but hey, Robbie, the Heat Daddy himself, Heater. Thanks for coming on. Remember, everybody, this is brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Buffalo's premier market and tap room, uh, with over three hundred beers to choose from, seven different Western New York locations. One of Western New York's only kid and dog friendly bars. Get over to Fatty Beer. And of course, Buffalo Logo Apparel. Buffalo Logo, Buffalo's number one spot for all your uh, Buffalo sports needs Bills, Sabres, Bisons, Bandits, whatever it might be. Uh, go check them out. They have some of the best hats and hoodies there are. Um, Robbie, thanks again, bud. All you right. Can tap take care, out at any point you want, bud. Me and Drew are going to hang out for a minute. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye. That was uh, Robbie. Heater, heat daddy. Jury, thanks for filling in tonight, bud. I appreciate it. Buddy, you know, I always said if I'm free, which I was, that I, you know, I love hopping on with you guys. Yeah. It's a shame we couldn't have hurls on, but whatever. He missed out, didn't he? Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. Like, you know, he lives on the West Coast and it's just too Yeah, early. he's hanging out on the beach somewhere. Six, yeah. Six o'clock here is three o'clock for him. I think he gets out like around four, four thirty. So it's a little a little bit tough. And, you know, Robbie, just didn't only confirm until like this morning, late last night, early this morning that he was going to oh, He's a busy us. guy. Huh? Oh, yeah, man. He's a busy well, guy. Dude, it's your yeah. main source of income. Like, hey, I get it. I get it, man. Dude, rip off freaking 10 shows a week if you got to you gotta pay the bills. Thousand percent, dude. Cash right? those checks on wet jeans. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to his show today. I, like, I'm embarrassed to even tell that story, but it's a true story. Like I do, I get stuck in these, like, you know, we've all got have, one of those, dude, I have to have IBS or something like that, man, because it comes at the worst times and mo like throughout the day. And sometimes just forced to use a bathroom that you don't want to use. And that was one of those times. Well, well, let me, let me confess something to you that, um, I I've been teased about numerous times and I really don't understand why, but I, uh, I refuse to shit in public restrooms. I I wish I could. will not do will not do it. Like the last time I can remember doing it was when I was with my ex girlfriend's family. They brought me to Florida to go to Universal Studios, and it was hot. I was bothered, and I had to. And that I'll, I'll be honest, the facilities there, as you would hope to expect from a place that costs a jillion dollars to get into. We're pretty good, but that's the last time. Like, I refuse to do it. Like, I will hold it, dude, and, until I'm here or somewhere I know where I'm comfortable because, like, I just have, like, a phobia of doing it. I don't know what it is. I just don't want to do it. Dude, I can't blame. Like, dude, I have no choice, man. Like, today I was almost two hours from my house. Like, I just, like, hey. Hey, dude, you know? when it's yeah, emergency no. level, like, it, it, I'm sorry. Like, it's got to yeah. happen. I would go, but I'll tell you this. Like, I, I'll go into the woods somewhere down a side road before I go into a public no shit, dude. You'll shit in the woods, I'm, huh? I'm dead serious. 
That's fantastic. I, I can only imagine having to friggin' driving down the 90 and looking over, just happening to graze over my right side and seeing you taking a squat over a log or something. Well, no, no. See, you won't see me because I find a marshy area with plenty of tree cover and I disappear into those trees. Okay. Who knows? Maybe I'm taking my life into my own hands. Camouflage. Like run into a moose out there or something. You never know. But uh, look, that's how it goes, okay? Right. I'm a weird guy and I don't hide behind it. Nah, we're all weird, dude. Especially us goalies, right? Fucking yeah, come on. Wow, what a show. That was fun. That was a lot of fun to have him on here. And it's fun because, like, I I started following him on social media. Dude, I want to say, like, 2009. Like, early. Like, he's been a a pretty, like, popular and reputable, like, comedic hockey personality for, like, a long time now. So it was really cool to kind of have him on here. And and what's so wild about it and what's a good, you know, thing to take if, if there's any young people out there that are, like, kind of like where he was like college age or like even yourself, Dwayne starting this show, like you can, you can get it started. Like you can get something started with very basic equipment, like very basic means and build your brand up from there. Like you don't need to buy like $300 light rigs and and cameras and stuff to get a show going or get content going. Just start, like just start doing it and you will learn on the fly how to make it better and better. Like don't be intimidated by, you know, the, the HD cameras that like I worked years to get and the, like all these nice microphones and stuff like didn't start that way. No, it I really didn't. didn't. So like good, good thing to remember. Just, just start. Yeah. And um, like not many people know, dude, like two goalies, one mic started like fucking um, how many years ago was it now? Well, before the rant. But it was me and Johnny Cullen at Fredonia uh, at Fredonia College uh, in their you know their uh, one of their studios, and we ripped two episodes off. His original show was the Good, the Bad, the Cully, and we transitioned <laughs> to Two Goalism. Like ripped off two episodes on their like radio station out there to whoever was attending college that particular year, and it was funny dude, because like this is obviously beginning of Eichel, and he kept on calling Eichel friend of the program, and I keep looking like. What? <laughs> like what? Because he was just so off the cuff, he'll just say anything. Um, yeah, typical Cully sell job. No, that's good. Yeah, he's always trying to sell, always selling. I, I, I love him for it. Always selling. I, was, uh, I tried calling him early today, and he didn't answer when I found out we were gonna have him. And like, just I feel bad. I wish he would have out because he would have loved this. Um, yeah, I know. But next time. Yeah, next time. Well, it sounds like Robbie is willing to come on again with us, which is which is exciting. So. Um, yeah absolutely what's going on with you nothing man you know i'm just kind of in the midst of uh, a bit of a break from the guelph storm where every everybody's gone home for christmas all the boys drove back home and some of them flew home obviously you know a couple the european kids are, are back home and everything so um bit of a break night nice break for the vocal cords and yeah, I guess I went semi-viral up here the other Boy, day. I'm, looking for, weird I'm experience. looking for it right now. We're going to bring this yeah. up real quick. That was a weird experience. And, and of course, uh, yeah, I, I woke up the other day and had like 4 billion messages on my phone and was like, what the hell? I thought something happened. I was like, why are all these? Why do I have so many messages and like missed calls? And it's like, what the hell? And it it was like just a bunch of people, like people I haven't talked to in like 10 years. 
right. reaching out to me like, yo, I saw you on TikTok. I don't have TikTok. So like I've seen like the Instagram impressions and it's up in like the 20 odd thousand now or whatever it is. Cause like bar down the TSN guys grabbed the clip and that's when it really took off. But I like somebody told me on TikTok, it's like up around a hundred thousand. And I'm like, whoa, like what the hell happened? So it's it, that's been kind of cool. It's also been pretty funny to, of course, when anything like, you know, goes viral to get the barrage of hate mail alongside it as well, which has been very fun too. Trust me. I know. Um, I know how that is. I yeah. still, I still deal with people telling me I'm a crybaby because of the rant, this, that, or the other. Most um, of it's no been pretty tame. Some of it's been pretty like, whoa, okay. Like there's some people that need some help out there, but ah, whatever. I'm going to try and share my screen here real quick. So everybody can see what we're talking about. I'm going back to our mess messages. Uh, here we go. Let's bring it up real quick. By the rookie, Will McFadden. Yes, indeed. Here wow. comes Will McFadden, who we know can handle it. McFadden in. Will McFadden. Oh, my heavens, what a goal. The rookie goes roof, daddy. Look at this. Look at that. What a finish. <laughs> Great job by the rookie, Will McFadden. Yes, indeed. Watch wow. one more side. Will McFadden. Who we know? One more, yeah. McFadden in. Will McFadden. Oh my heavens, what a goal! The rookie goes roof, daddy. Look at this, look at that. What a finish. <laughs> Great job by the rookie, Will McFadden. How about that, bud? Like, listen, that was, I He's mean, fun. if you were to, if, if RJ was still alive, and I were to walk up to him and like, hey, man, I need you to listen to this. Like, this guy has been inspired by you. He'd be proud. He'd be absolutely proud of that, of hearing something like that. And knowing that, like, his career in, in announcing inspired a guy like you to do what you're doing. I, I would hope so. I got to be honest. It's probably the nicest comment I've gotten about the video. And that, you know, that means a lot because RJ was my guy. Um and, you know, it's been fun to have like a bunch of old friends reach out and just people seeing it. And it's fun. And I mean, kudos to Will McFadden, who is a rookie on the team this year. And, you know, that was that was uh, last Saturday against the Sioux Greyhounds, who are one of the best teams in, in the CHL this year. And uh, that was that was to win the game. Um, they, they had one more shooter after that who missed. But, you know, it was unexpected that, you know, head coach Chad Wiseman threw a rookie out there in such a big moment as the third shooter. And everybody knew that will came with, you know, a lot of hype when he was drafted. Um, and he pulled that off. What was really funny is that the guys who, uh, are hurt and were scratched for that game. Uh, a lot of the players will come up and sit next to us up in the booth, which is kind of a, a unique experience. And they're, they're all great kids They're They got a really good team this year of, of really good kids. And uh, they all jumped up and kind of looked at me like, oh, my God, like, I, I can't believe he pulled that off. Because, like, that's something you do in practice. And then, you know, as a rookie to have the confidence to go out there and do it. So, I mean, I, I really and I'll have to say it to him when I see him next. Uh, I, I really need to thank Will McFadden for providing the content for me to lose my you know what like that. Um, and also, like, obviously, it's so funny, too, because. People, people nowadays don't understand what an homage is. And 
I was obviously paying tribute to the much more viral video of Doug Roach. That's the guy's name in, in the MJHL, the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, who had that wild goal call where he hit about seven different octaves. And he was the one that coined the roof daddy, look at this, look at that. And the amount of people in the comments that were like, this guy's just ripping off the guy from the, I'm like, yeah, no shit. Obviously, like I'm, it has caught wildfire, especially among the broadcaster community. It's caught wildfire. It That clip of him got played on like every sports talk show up here. It's like taken on a life of its own. And the amount of people that like messaged me like, oh, you're just ripping off that guy. I'm like, yeah, that was the implication. Yeah, and the best right? part, of, my favorite part about the clip is that you can hear my broadcast partner, Mark Perry, laugh when I say it. Because he knows that I'm referencing because Mark is smart. He knows that I'm like paying homage to Doug Roach's call. So thank yeah. you, Doug. And thank you, Will. And uh, overall, it's been a fun experience. I've had a lot of people reach out and say nice things. I appreciate it. It's awesome. Yeah, it was an epic call for sure. Um, can't stress that enough. Uh, I'm all about stuff to talk to. I got some Christmas shopping to do. Um, what's happening? Not a lad. Huh? Get after that, dude. I know, Get dude, after I know. That. it's the 20th, right? I'm done. Can I go out like this? Should I just wear the, the, the Shatan jersey backwards? I think so. Yeah. Screw it. It'll play. It'll yeah. play. You'll get you'll get some conversations started, I think. All right. Uh, first yeah. and foremost, I take a dump in my own house. Um <laughs> this has been episode 147 of Two Goalies, One Mike, brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Buffalo's premier market in Tap Room with seven different Western New York locations and over 300 beers to choose from the other side, bud. Other it's side. on this side for me, but I'll, I'll... Oh, there you go. There you go. With over 300 beers to choose from Western New York's only one of the Western New York's only uh, kid and friendly uh, kid, kid and dog friendly uh, bars. And of course, live entertainment and trivia seven days a week from 1130 AM till 1030 PM and later. And of course, Buffalo go apparel Buffalo's best spot for all of your, Buffalo sports needs, whether it's the Sabres, Yawn, the Bills, the Sabres, the Bandits. They have so much stuff rocking over there at Buffalo Logo. Go check them out at Buffalo Logo Co. on Instagram and Twitter, at Fatty Beer on Instagram and Twitter. Ryan, it's been a pleasure, bud. Um, Always is. Tonight. Um, thanks for hopping on uh, last you second. Bet. Sucks that Hurls can come on, but I couldn't think of anyone else better to have uh, represent Hurls than you, bud. So I, I appreciate it, dude. Anytime. No problem, man. Without, without further ado, it's been episode 147 of Two Goalies, One Mike, brought to you by Fatty Beer and Buffalo Go. We will talk to you tomorrow night in the post game after the Sabres take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. We will see you later. And as always, go Sabres.
I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd.